It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Outspoken with White and Jordan. 100% engagement. It's a total disrespect. Download, stand well back, listen. Jim White and Simon Jordan. I don't see that view. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. I'm Jim White, and today myself, Simon and Danny Murphy looked back on the life of Everton chairman Bill Kenwright, who sadly passed away this week at the age of 78. His long-term partner, Jenny Seagrove, pays her own tribute. Elsewhere, Danny gives his take on Manchester United and Eric Ten Hag after their win against Copenhagen last night. And Simon and Danny lock horns over the appointment of Wayne Rooney at Birmingham. This is Outspoken with White and Jordan. Everybody in football was saddened by the news that came through yesterday that Everton chairman Bill Kenwright had passed away at the age of 78. Everton meant so much to Bill Kenwright. And uh, Bill Kenwright meant so much to so many Evertonians. I would regularly see Bill at games. When I was at an Everton game, Bill would be there and we would talk. And I've spent a lot of my time with Bill Kenwright. I'm delighted to say in the time that I've been down here in England, he always afforded me time and afforded me access and was terrific to me. So extremely sad news that Bill had passed at the age of 78. he would regularly attend away matches with a long-term partner, Jenny Seagrove, former actress, of course. We're going to hear from Jenny uh, very shortly. Jenny spoke to me just before we came on air this morning. We're going to hear from others as well. Former Everton player David Weir, former assistant manager uh, to Roberto Martinez, Graham Jones. We're going to hear from... Uh, England under-21s, former Everton player himself, Lee Carsley. But Simon, you would have had many dealings, I'm sure, with Bill. I did, and yeah. Like me, I'm quite sure you, you got to know him very well. In fact, you would know him better than me, Simon. Yeah. How, how, how would you sum up Bill Kenwright's Everton legacy? Um, I think there's a lot of things that um, Bill did for Everton that were unrewarded and uncherished at times. I think his commitment to Everton was unequivocal. As a person, I knew him on, on, as you know, Bill sent me a text on the 28th of August talking about his particular situation and his relationship with me and the challenges that he had in front of him. So I was very saddened to um, to see the news yesterday. Um, 
as a, as a, I did business with him. I sold him Andrew Johnson, uh, and he made me laugh over that particular equation. I did business with him in the theatre industry because I had theatre productions that myself and Bill were doing together. I was incredibly fond of him, um, and I felt, and I don't want to dwell on that, I felt towards the end of the of the last year or so, I felt that there's some Everton fans that may want to have a look at some of the things that were said um, about Bill and to Bill. Um, but I think more importantly, I think if you look at the legacy of his time at Everton, if you look at the decisions that he made on the whole, with the the exception of the last few years with Mashiri, which I think was a very difficult relationship and people didn't understand the nature of that relationship. And I can remember talking to Bill about it earlier on in the year and saying, how have you let this situation develop with Mashiri and what's going on at Everton? He said, well, you try telling a billionaire what to do. You try telling him that the, the, the best manager is this manager and walking in a room and finding Rafa Benitez sitting across the table from mm. you and you're, and you're gobsmacked that even the consideration would be there. I think he was a very decent, a very charismatic, very creative, very interesting, very engaging man. But one thing he was, despite certain people's observation, was unequivocally committed, inextricably indexed to Everton Football Club. Yeah. From start to finish, top mm. to bottom. Danny, I mean, you played for the red side, of course, but you'd have your dealings. Yep. You'd have many a conversation with Bill, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. No, I was very fortunate to be in his company on more than one occasion. He... First time I actually met him was at an airport not long after I'd not signed for Everton when they tried to sign me when I was leaving Liverpool. And um, he comes straight over to me and I was thinking, oh, no, you know, what's he going to say? And he was, he said, you'd have looked great in the blue of Everton, you know, you'd have done brilliantly for us. And I, I just was really at ease really quickly because of his warmth, because of his humour. And every time I saw him since, you know, on, on many occasions going back there to play with different teams and... Um, I actually also met his wife I went down to her I don't know if she's still got the horse sanctuary I went down there a few years ago because Bill had asked me to go down And so yeah I I found him such good company always warm always complimentary even though they had the rivalry and I was amazed also I have to say at his knowledge of me and what I was up to you know, it's not just this love forever, and he loved football. Yes, you know, yes. He, he, although he had the theatre world, you know, and all that going on, and he's a businessman and entrepreneur in all these different ways, he loved football, and he always, always shared a moment to chat. And I, I really liked him. It was it's a weird one because when you grow up at Liverpool and then you have the rivalry of Everton, it's kind of like well, anyone on their side mm. is the enemy, if you like, and there's a, the hostility, but not with Bill. You know, not with Bill. That wasn't the way he was. And it, it's been great to see, even on social, how many Liverpool lads I know who knew Bill, who've posted nice things about him, because they had the same... Exactly. You know. Yes. So, um, yeah, wonderful guy. And, and I agree wholeheartedly with Simon. I, I think it was disgusting, some of the things that happened to, towards Bill in, in, during the end, because I, I didn't blame him for any of it. No. He was in, he was in, a, he was in a corner, and he's done so much for that football club. Well, that's right, Danny. And for those who don't know, in, in, in the last uh, six months to a year, uh, Bill Kenwright had not been attending matches, had not been taking his seat at Goodison. Um, such was the feeling of a section of the Everton support that um, it might not be the best idea. Yeah, of course, not far from all of them, but uh, it might not be the best uh, idea. Uh, for Bill to be going along with Mashiri and others such was the the mood inside the stadium and outside uh, around those times Dominic King in the mail recalled a phone conversation last January after Everton had lost at home to Brighton the fans had turned bitter towards uh, towards Bill 
and uh, Bill apparently said to Dominic before we started to speak um, uh, well Dominic said before we started to speak I had one question for him why on earth are you carrying on to which Bill replied because son you couldn't imagine what it would be like if I didn't I mean longevity in the boardroom Simon how hard is it to achieve well you see it all the time I mean the challenges are (laughs) long live the king the king is dead, long live the king. Abramovich goes out the door, the next guy comes in and people recall certain aspects of Abramovich's ownership in a certain way. Um, you look at most, you look at, you look at further down the pyramid, you look at the guy at Accrington Stanley that's been there for a while and he's saying, I'm exhausted, I've had enough now, I'm handing this football club over to other people. <laughs> it, longevity in the boardroom is based upon if you're trying to achieve a popularity contest as a football club owner, you're not going to achieve it on most instances. And there's two kinds of people, I suppose, in life. There's popular people and there's successful people. And it's amazing how popular you become when you're successful. And that's the difficulty in football, that you will never maintain a consistent theme of success. And there will always be this emotionally driven section of a fan base that, irrespective of what you do, will have a different view to the one that you have. Um, and I think, ultimately, if you're doing things in the right way, most of the time, with for the right reasons, you'll get the right outcome. And there'll always be people that dissent. And I've told you stories about me walking in a football club that was in disarray after two years in administration. And the first thing I read on the social media post was, thank God Jordan's here, but we'll wait a little bit of time before we hammer him. And some people's, men- <laughs> yeah. some people's mentality is yeah. that. Yeah. And that's what football brings out in people. But you can't have it both ways, Jim. You can't have all the emotion that fuels a football that gives people such rewards and recognition and, 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 and credibility without the other side of it, because you have to price both in. I do think it was sad that the last six months of his time at Everton were uh, something that he was excluded from. And you saw images even coming out of the away game against West Ham, um, where fans, certain segment fans were haranguing him. You saw, I, you know, as much as I'm in very little contact with Palace, I heard of the stuff that was going on when they played Crystal Palace away in a game where they were not particularly great and stuff like that. But most importantly, yeah. I knew Bill from the theatre world. My best One of my best friends, Nick Moran, was in the stage play Blood Brothers, which Bill produced and was a brilliant, 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 brilliant. production. Yeah, brilliant. And he was just a, you know, he was a charismatic interesting flamboyant decent committed man yeah and i think that's the way that people should want to remember him and in football terms those commodities are often far fewer in between than you would hope and imagine that they are download stand well back listen outspoken with white and jordan from the world's biggest sports radio station talk sport very very sad story the football club meant everything to bill kenwright Absolutely everything. And, uh, of course, Bill was uh, a a leading light in the theatre world as well, not least here in the West End in London. And, Simon, I'm quite sure, like me, courtesy of Bill, you've sat in the odd theatre and watched a production that Bill has recommended to you. Well, to be honest with you, I've I've seen Blood Brothers about 11 times because I think it's one of the best pieces of theatrical work. Willie Russell wrote it, but but Bill produced it. And the lead actor was Con, who was in Telstar, and Nick was in it. So I loved it. And and, and obviously... When I did Telstar the play, I talked to Bill about it. Yes. So yeah, absolutely, you're right. Yeah. I mentioned at the the top of the show this morning that uh, more lately, um, and I'm thinking of a moment at Brentford last season, I bumped into Bill alongside his long-term partner, the former actress and a wonderful actress, Jenny Seagrove. Um, they would regularly attend games together at Goodison, but more lately, when it became a bit uncomfortable for Bill and the likes of Farhad Mashiri to go to Goodison, uh, Jenny and Bill stayed away. This morning, Jenny said yes to a request from me to chat about Bill 
and chat about Bill's beloved Everton. And I was delighted to take Jenny up on that. So I spoke to Jenny Seagrove just in the last 20 minutes, just before we came on air. And I said to her, you know, Jenny, I often saw you and Bill at games. Can you begin to tell us all this morning about his love for Everton Football Club? It ran through every cell in his body. He he lived for Everton. He absolutely lived for it. He used to joke in the very beginning of our relationship that it was his first love, and then he'd look at me rather apologetically. But he loved every single thing about it, was every ounce of his being. And for anybody who cares to know, he watched the under-18s, the under-21s on his iPad. He took interest in new players. He had relationships with some of our players, very, very close family relationships. When we got to Goodison, we couldn't move because he was too busy talking to people and asking them how they were and signing things and just being a loving, loving person. And people don't know because he never talked about it, what he gave people. It wasn't just money. It was if somebody couldn't get a ticket, he'd he'd get them up to the boardroom. Everton was his true family. I mean, he loved his real family and he loved me beyond belief. But Everton was his place. And it broke his heart what happened in the last year. It absolutely broke his heart because he gave everything for that beautiful blue club. And I know that that the club will continue and that people slowly will understand what he's done for Everton. And his one dream now was to lead us into a new stadium. He'll be there in spirit. There's no doubt he'll be there in spirit. He'll probably be standing behind the goal and then running up the other end. And, and shooting, although he did say of himself he was a rotten football player, but he, oh my God, he loved it. He loved it. Oh, Jen, I know, I know you're out in the fresh air, getting some fresh air this morning, and you're quite right to do that. Can I ask you, how much of an impression do you think that Bill leaves now on two major industries in his life, football and the theatre? He changed the face of theatre in this country. He... In sort of reinvented touring and took risks in the West End and on Broadway. He's a legend across the theatre world. And amongst people who really know in football, he's a legend because Everton, under his tenure, was a model of how to run a club. And clubs now, I believe, because I've been told privately, like Brighton, have said we modelled how we run our clubs like Bill Everton. And you see what Brighton's achieving now. His legacy will be huge, and so it should be. And I see my job now to keep it going and to continue what he was doing with his ethos and his love and his compassion and his passion. And uh, I will honour him with every step I take. Jen, everybody here at TalkSport sends you their love this morning. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for, thank you everybody who may be listening for your love of of my bill, our bill actually. And thank you for having me on. 
And three points on Sunday. Sorry, David, but three points on Sunday. <laughs> that was Jenny Seagrove, um, the former actress, Bill Kenwright's long-term partner in life, speaking to me just a short time ago. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Download, stand well back, listen. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Oh, Nana and Maguire to the rescue. They won. They won. Manchester United needed a win, a Champions League win. Uh, Ten Hag certainly needed it, and he got it. One goal to nil against uh, Copenhagen in uh, the Champions League at Old Trafford last night. Maguire got the goal. Onana got the penalty save. So it all worked out for the red half of Manchester last night. Um, Danny, what was that last night? Was it a night of redemption at Old Trafford? Maguire and Onana, the heroes. Who would have thought that would be the headline this morning? <coughs> I think from Maguire's point of view, it was a great example of getting your head down, working hard and waiting for an opportunity that so many players don't want to do. The way he's conducted himself has been admirable, and I mean, you should you could argue it's the way you should, but not everyone does. So I was pleased for him. He's taken a lot of stick, and he's you know he's back in the team and giving it a go. So yeah, I thought that was. I mean, in terms of the keeper, he's just you know he saved the penalty, which is great for him. Might give him a bit of confidence. He's got a bit more to do. Yeah, but I think the more worrying thing was how difficult they found it to get over the line against a bang average team. Um. They spared their blushes in injury time against Brentford. They've won by one goal at Sheffield United, who everyone have beaten reasonably comfortably. And um, they've they've really scrambled over the line last night. So it was three, although, wins, three wins in the bounce. In fairness, in fairness to Sheffield United, yeah, they both, have been both all right. Man City yeah. and Tottenham have scrambled across they, the line. Yeah, against true, them as well. true. I saw that as I was saying it, but yeah, you're right to pick me up on that. But but still, United of old would you'd think, yeah. come on, but it's a win. But I think it's papered over... The, well, the results in a minute are papering over the cracks. The the glaring thing with Manchester United from a, a, a... Sitting from afar, if you like, is they are too easy to play against, to dominate the ball against and to make chances against. And against the best opposition in the Premier League, they're going to get done. 
And why is that? Why why on earth are Manchester United too easy to play against? Well, how come they are? What's Ten Hag not done? Well, the technical organisation mainly, yeah. And then you've got the physical element, which is the right personnel in the right positions to do the yards to do the job. Mm. And that might mean out wide, not tracking fullbacks enough. That means in the middle of the park. I mean, how many times Ten Hag has to make substitutions at half time because he got the he got the tactics or the personnel wrong? Is worrying. Now, on a, on the flip side to that, the fact he's able to adapt quickly and, and sees it and does something about it and doesn't mind correcting a mistake so early, which is fine. Mourinho was brilliant at it in his early tenure at Chelsea. So I, I, it's not it's not a big thing, but the, the fact is that most games United play against half decent opposition, they they just look too easy to play against and and concede too many chances. I mean, he didn't just save the penny; made a brilliant save early in the second half. Um, they hit the post early on. They had other chances in the game, and this is a side really that should should be a comfortable victory. Yeah, you know, top but, of the Swedish I mean, we're talking team. like this after they won, though, Danny, and they will say this morning, no doubt, and I can say this morning, uh, yeah, it's a win. Thanks. We well, move you on. you have to build momentum and confidence. You don't just go. You don't go from playing badly to to becoming a world beater in a couple of weeks. I get that, and it is a step in the right direction. But I'm I'm still looking at them and thinking, way off. Yeah, they were yeah. they were badly taken penalty away from a bit of a disaster. Yeah. I mean, that is the long, short and tall of it. Yeah, I mean, the headline is to the rescue. That yeah, says and, that, and, and that's what goalkeepers are there to do. Yeah. Um, and and well, I was a great save. It was a, it was a save. I mean, I, I, when I was watching the game, I, 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 I thought he would miss because of the amount of time that was delayed between the penalty being given, people scratching the penalty spot. He'd just come on it. as well, the lad. Yeah, and so with all that in mind, but the most important thing for United is, is to get a win. And well, it keeps keep, them in it. And to keep on winning games, however they win them, We'll build some confidence and some momentum. Um, again, it comes down to what you think Manchester United should be. Yeah, and of the, course, yeah. what we think Manchester United should be, because we've been led by the nose for that for 30 years, or certainly 25 of the 30-odd years that the Premier League has been um, uh, in existence, is that they are, to some extent, the poster boys of the Premier League. They're not anymore. And this is a... A, a very challenging period for them in terms of the last 10 years and and there doesn't seem to be any bridging of the gap uh, the gap seems to be widening between the others that are going away from them for a whole variety of reasons and yet the column inches the expectation the dictation there was you know the ownership credentials yeah all of these things come into play yet you've got half a billion pounds with a team on the pitch. I think the bit, if you bring it forward, and even if you take away their dominance when under Fergie and all those things and the expectancy, expectation of the fans, if you just compare it to last season, there was there was an optimism around Old Trafford that they were progressing in the right way and they were going to move well, forward and become more... initially there wasn't, was there? There was a disaster when they got spanked by Brentford, they got beat by Brighton. No, no, I'm on about yeah. at the end of the season. Towards begin, the back end, Beginning yeah. of this season. When the What's happening to your surrogate son? Mason Mount. Well... <laughs> I, I would I would still have him I'd have him in the team ahead of some of the others in terms of the legs and the energy that you need to be competitive but they're getting away with it in the last three games I th I think the problem is for United is the progression of the other teams they're trying to compete with is just too great for them and, and as we've talked about on this show without repeating ourselves the question is are United anywhere nearer than last season to try to win the league and trying to win the and Champions League and and no, they? they're not near enough. I mean, Ten Hag was appointed on April the 21st, 2022. Yeah. And so are you saying next to no progress? His first season was, was something everybody thought 
was a good thing in terms of I know they lost some games and they weren't good away from home generally but they moved, they won a trophy and they got the Champions League football back so I think that would say box ticked for the manager well done first season and then people expect progression I don't see them being better any better at the moment than they were last season if, if anything probably worse but we seem to see the same problems the descriptions last night from Paul Scholes and Rio Ferdinand Marcus Rashford is less lacking confidence Manchester United are easy to play against defensively they're not where they need to be um, you know, and all of these things have been said. I mean, we watched this team. Was it against uh, Villarreal that they got knocked out of the Europa League, um, or was it Seville? It was one of the two. Seville. Seville. And, and I Man, think yeah. people were just gobsmacked at the, at, the, at the. And from that moment on, United's performances weren't uh, where you know there was an expectation they could go and win that particular tournament, and they were poor mm. in losing that game. Got turned over, didn't they? Look, I don't know. I mean, it's a it, it's a it's a it's a ridiculously difficult job. And that's one of the factors that gets priced into the thinking or baked into the idea that United is a job that's going to have to have an outcome attached to it. I know that we make this point, but in 86, when when Ferguson takes over from Ron Atkinson, a team that's won the FA Cup and that's what they've been, that's, that's what their only sort of memorable achievements during the sort of 16-year periods, um, and then you land with Ferguson getting four or five years. I, I, do you give this guy? I mean, Ibrahimovic is talking about the other day in an interview with Piers Morgan, and I made the point, that he's had no experience of managing under this kind of scrutiny with some of these players. The Ronaldo challenge for him, managing an Ajax is one thing, managing here is another. And maybe you've got to give this guy an inordinate amount of time. Maybe United have got to be prepared to say that whatever the micro moment looks like, we've got a macro picture that is in three years' time we're going to be where we need to be. And somehow, one or one way or another, the culture of Manchester United is going to be changed under this guy because they've become a Manchester United that accepts defeat, gets beat at home, seems to have a culture of players that don't respect the football club that they're playing for and think they have an entitlement to say what they want. And all of that seems to be a culture that underpins a football club that has great illusions about where it should be and delusions of the reality of what it's going to take to get there. He's learning on the job. And that's not his fault. That's because my point. He's learning on the job because he was—he's never managed a club of, of this size and 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 the attention given to him. And he's probably like, whoa! And he's had to deal with some really difficult situations. They probably didn't factor in when he mm. got—you know—nothing to do with him, by the way. So, so what, what are you saying about this get... weekend then against Manchester City? Well, they—they proved last year on a one-off game they can beat Man City. They've got—they've got outstanding talent. But I—I I mean, they play Man City ten out. of they lose 8 out of 10. That's how good City are and how much better they are, I think. Yeah, um, I mean, the only factor in that game is this is a local derby. If you take yeah. it on form and performances of the well, side, City's while Man City yeah. haven't been great, no. Man City on form are, are far better side and will hand Manchester United their head. Yeah. But on the derby criteria where everything goes out of the window, you've got an opportunity to, to, to give yourself a thought process. Actually, United can turn up and win this game. But really, when you, when you take the emotion out of it... And look at it logically; hmm. they'll get beat up by Man City. The thing is, the thing is, but I, I think there's no point in United being hasty with it, even if the next few results don't go their way. I mean, ten. I don't think he's there yet. He's not. He's nowhere exactly. near yet. Ten, ten, he's, he's had some. He bad might be in- looking at the plank. He's not on it. No. He's certainly not walking. He's it. had some bad injuries and some difficult things to deal with. Get, I, if I was any, if I was in the hierarchy, of United would be looking at this season. Get to the end of the season. See where you're at. You know, I think it's crucial for them to be in the top four, Manchester United. If they fall out of the Champions League again, then that's failure. But were you expecting a lot more than what you're seeing at the yeah. moment? Yeah, I was. Yeah, although based it, on what? But, but what? Based would have on the given signings, that? I, I thought the Particularly signing. Who? Centre forward. Well, no, I like him. 
Yeah. I think he's going to be a hell of a player. But he needs to play wingers. He needs to put um, box there, yeah. Well, I, I just think <laughs> you need to build relationships. It takes a bit of time sometimes. And I think it doesn't help when you've got um, Anthony on one side who's flattened his even to so predictable. That doesn't help. Yeah, you do need to... You're right. Some more balls in the box would be good. But I thought when the sign the signings they made... Let, let's also take into consideration. I mean, for, for a few weeks... He was missing three of his back four continually. His, his first choice back four. When you're looking at Shaw, Wembasaka, and Martinez. Yeah, I mean it's Maguire to the rescue last night. Yeah, Lindelof was coming on at left back. You know yeah. he's had some problems. So yeah. let's keep it realistic. But I, I still feel that when you watch them, which I have nearly every game from beginning of the season to now, they are far too easy to play against. And that is a mixture of the the tactical plan, the fit, the physicality of the players, and the willingness to do the work. Yeah. And the big problem in football is if you get players who don't face repercussions for not doing the basics and the work, when I say work, I'm on about defending properly, not just running around, not covering distance. I'm on about yeah. staying on your feet, tracking runners, go, give, give and goes, doing the basics. When there's no repercussions for the, the more senior players in that side to not doing that, they'll get away with it. Okay. And well, that's, they won why, last night. that's why Pep and Klopp are the best because if you don't do it for them, you do not play. Download, stand well back, listen. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Rooney's uh, preparing to take charge of his first home game as Birmingham boss tonight against Hull uh, after beginning his room of defeat at Middlesbrough last Saturday. And uh, as Wayne was telling us, it appears there's a long-term plan in place. We want to win, of course. Yeah. That's the that's the end goal, yeah. is, is to win. And um, throughout this season, we want to... Of course, finish high table, ideally get playoffs, and and that's purely my point of view. That's where you want to get to. Um, but there's, as I said, there's a project in place. There's a there's targets for us to hit over the next three years, which we we want to certainly be hitting them, and and that's my job to do that. And that's the pressure on me, which um, I fully understand and fully expect. So, um, I've always been a, well, not always. I'm actually a bit mad, hot headed when I was young, but. In terms of as a manager, I'm 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 calm. Um, I understand how games go. I understand um, where we are as a club, and I understand where we need to get to. So, um, as I said to the lads after the game, don't panic. It's fine. But ultimately, you do need. Even when we're going through this transition, we need to pick up points. So that's um, the the next game is a tough one, of of course, against Hull. And um, we've got another tough game after that. So. <laughs> We, we have to just keep trying to do the right things and, and obviously to keep trying to pick up points. Well, that's insightful. Well, when it, when, it, when it started, I remember the target, I think, he mentioned was promotion and it's gone from that to the playoffs and it's gone from that to a three-year plan. There's a three-year plan. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. It's, it's somewhat pared back, it would seem, but he needs, to, he needs to win a game. Well, he's only played one, hasn't he? I mean, a Middlesbrough away was always going to be a difficult game. Carrick started the season poorly and has now got the team slightly better. Whether they've got injuries that have come back into the side, they're a better side than they were at the beginning. So on paper, it looked like a game that Birmingham should win or be competitive in. And they, they, and they were. They lost 1-0. So there's no big no big shake in that No, one. sure, sure. His first home game, he'll want to make a statement. Obviously, we learnt absolutely nothing in that game besides it's important to win games. And I think would have thought that was priced into the thinking of any football manager in the first place. I don't know what the three-year plan is. The big question about Promotion when Rooney... it'll be, won't it? Well, yeah, they're sick from the league when he took over. Of course it is. Um, but what's the three-year part of it then? He's going to get promoted in three years' time. Mm. Is that the part of it that I we need so. to wait for? Uh, the question abounds. 
does he get this? Did he get this job on merit? He's got the job. The owners have given him the, the task to put the team somewhere uh, vaguely resembling where they think Birmingham should be, um, and that obviously is in their mind's eye the Premier League. And the question abounds, and it abounds for me. And I don't care if people think it's because I've got any particular dog in the fight or agenda with Wayne Rooney, because I don't. I think he's a great player. I think he did a half decent job at Derby, but I don't think he merited getting the Birmingham job. If you get if you get a job, it should be on merit, not on who's what your name is. And yeah, but there's loads of ex-players who've got jobs not on merit. Well, and sure. that's just the way yeah, it is. Yeah, but with respect, Danny... Did Gerrard merit getting Rangers? Did, 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 well, did Lampard did, merit getting Derby? Well, did, well different... Depending no, on state, did, well, hang of course on, they didn't. Uh, hang on, let's compare and contrast it to what we're comparing and contrasting it to. OK, let's make the argument. John Eustace put him six on the table. And his reward for that, after managing Birmingham for a period of time where there was absolute carnage, disarray, and, 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 and a whole raft of challenges, was to get the side going... Get them six from the true, league, true. bang, out. Yeah. Rangers, different stage. Derby County, different stage, different comparison. So the, the, that analysis is not the, the analysis that I was making. I, I agree with you about John Eustace, Simon, and I think he's got every right to feel hard done by, although he came out, he trotted out the, the platitudes last week. Yeah, but there was... When John Eustace was where we saw Bassini rocking about in a taxi saying it's going to be wonderful under my ownership. Also, also with respect again to the argument, Frank Lampard was given an opportunity, granted. Mm. So was X-Ray... Wayne Rooney's been given a series of opportunities and his win record at this moment in time in America and in England is a 27%. So if 27% is what you base your criteria on for employing a manager, then I don't know what your criteria is. But can you base much on what he did in the MLS? Can you base much on what anyone does in the no, MLS? No, you would have to well, base it on... Then. If, you're, if you're making an appointment based upon his managerial credentials rather than the fact that you're signing auto, he's an autograph uh, uh, value to you, then, then what are you doing? You've got you're not managing. But you said the other day you wouldn't bother looking at what Robbie Fowler did in India because no, it I doesn't wouldn't. really come into it. Well, no, the argument was Robbie Fowler was making the argument, not me. Robbie Fowler was saying I'm being disrespected. I'm not being given a chance because of my management record. And I turned around and said, "Well, look at your team, whatever it was, in the back end of but no, we're nowhere." <laughs> Correct my terminology. Right. Um, and your win record was fifteen percent. So you, uh, it wasn't me making the argument against Robbie Fowler. It was Robbie Fowler making the argument that he needed to have more respect. My point is, you, you, not when you, you're right in terms of the numbers, and what you're saying. But what I'm saying is that it's just it always well, has happened. Lie, it it always has happened and always will happen that people get a job sometimes when they don't deserve them because of because of exactly what we're talking about. Are you with Wayne but, getting the job here? Do, do you? Do I think you it's a it risk. Yet? Go on. I think it's a risk, but I understand why they've done it. They, they're going down. A, well, because of the things you've talked about. What? 27% win record. No, his reputation, who he Which is, is what? and what, what he draws in. You're a World, manager, not a player. I know, but that's... Um, you're, you're, going, you're going down a line of saying what they should have done. I'm saying they've. I know what they've done and why, and it happens. And we just got to take it on the chin. But actually, if you look at the... Go back a step. The reason they've gone for a change in manager, whether they gave it Rooney or anyone else... Is because I think, and we I listened to some Birmingham fans talking about this. That last uh, last season, a lot of it was hard work, and at times the football was turgid. And they they were there was Eustace was on hanging, you know, he's walking a plank. Mm. He started this season with a bit of impetus from somewhere and got them going, but in a very pragmatic way. So they've decided to go a bit of a different way, like the Bournemouth guy did for whatever reason. People yeah, owners go a different way. They scored what true. fifteen goals. They've scored. So, so let me get this right. Just so I've, just, um, <laughs> so I've got this in my mind. The expansive football that Wayne Rooney has played under his extensive management career that's got him a 27% win record has been what? <laughs> that, what, what you're trying, you're, you're trying, trying to catch I'm, me on. No, I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing I'm with to, you. I'm trying to say that... They're not, they're not making a decision based but on But the what? style of football 
is based upon what? What he's telling him he wants, how he wants telling him he wants to play. But, but based upon what he's done previously. Well, at Derby they played, they tried, they had a go. I could say I want to run a nine second hundred beaters. You're going to believe me? Well, not with the weight you've passed. Well, there we are. Then. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely right. So are you for, for one good reason? By the way, an owner here. Like uh, they yeah, met, like this am. guy Tom Wagner and the rest of Birmingham City. Well, well, of As I in, am. what the heck have you done appointing well, me? Well, of course I am. I'm making the argument that if you're going to take people out of jobs, you take them and you're going to give people jobs, surely to Christ in this industry, it should be on merit. It should be on merit. Well, you're, you're, talking, you're talking about never thinking outside the box. Sometimes you see somebody sees something in somebody after meeting them, somebody gets a job they shouldn't really get and they thrive and they succeed. That's the risk they're going to take. And it might be the opportunity because it was of that moment. That was the time we're going to get Rooney. May as well move for him now. If it's a footballing decision based upon your team getting promoted into the Premier League and you've seen enough in that body of work to dictate that's the right way to go, then you'll live and die by that decision. What I think other it's decision all... would it be if it's not a football decision? Commercial. God only knows, because I don't see it as a football decision. I don't see in the body of work... What is it? Well, I see it as a, as a commercially motivated decision based upon someone's reputation as a player. He did galvanise a group of players from nothing at Derby. To then, yeah, to, yeah they did. did. They, stayed did. Up, they stayed up by the, another team scoring a goal in the 90 And you could minute. argue the resilience... You could argue and they got the, relegated the following season. You could argue <laughs> the resilience and balls he showed to even take that job on was something that people admire. Mm. Right. OK. No, well, if you, if, you live, if, you, if you live in the world of football... And you live in this little so resilience bubble, and this, this courage is not about the size of bleeding centre parks of people living in this deluded world of being rewarded for mediocrity. Then fantastic, make that case. I believe that you should reward people for excellence, hmm. and I believe yes, you're quite right. Give people an opportunity, give people a chance. But if your club's going in the right direction, who really, honestly, um, it's it ain't broken, so I'll fix it. We're sixth in the league. We're doing really well. But there's a few fans that think we're not playing the football that we want. I know. I'll bin the manager. Well, I, I, Who does that? I agree with you. It's high risk. Bunch but then, of Americans. But then look, at, well, yeah, look what Bournemouth did. Look where they are now. Same point. And he, but he had a body of work. But still a huge risk, which is failing. Okay. All right. But when we get to some kind of impasse along the line, and Wayne wants to have a word with you, You'll die for cover as you did the last I time. I most certainly will not. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> most, um, the one thing I he don't called do, me. He said, "I, I want you to get Simon off my we've back. Had, Can I get word had, with him?" We've had this story a hundred times, and I said, and, it and, and you died for cover." I, the, the, I do many things. You conveniently many were not available, I I, and I don't duck from anybody or anything. And the You're problem is, if Wayne, Rooney, if Wayne Rooney said came and had a conversation with me, he'd probably end up crying because ultimately I'll double down in what I've said because they can only take praise. Sportsmen only like praise. Give them any criticism, can't handle it. Okay. Wait, wait, wait till they get in the real world. Uh, well, we'll see what happens tonight. What, what was Michael Hull? Carrick's body of work before he took Middlesbrough to the playoffs? None. Huge so risk. Mm. None. Succeeded, didn't but, 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 but Wayne Rooney's got a body of work, so what are you arguing about? It's a minimal body. It's three years. Is that better than none? Well, to some extent, yeah. Well, the MLS. Who knows about them? What'd you go there for then? <laughs> <laughs> Stay with us for coming up to Good time to take a break. Download, stand well back, listen. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. Please leave us a review wherever you get your podcast from. We'll be back tomorrow to bring you the best of the show. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all. 
jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.